Tonight at, at Ground Zero meetings, we'll be continuing down our uh, ABC uh, sermon series, and, and tonight the letter is P, which is perseverance. You know, for me in my entire life that I'm a runner. You know, I've run from everything that was difficult, you know, whether it's physically running or emotionally running. You know, I, I did not know how to persevere in hard times that I didn't have fortitude. I didn't have character, you know, as a young man, you know, if things did not come easy to me, I gave up very quickly. You know, I was a very talented young man when it came to athletics, but I did not work very hard, you know, at certain things. And as uh, I progressed into playing college football, you know, that's another level of athleticism and, and you know, taking commitment and, and devotion, and I just didn't have it. I didn't have the character. I thought that I could just continue to, to live the, the same way, and when, you know, things didn't go the way I had planned, you know, um, the party scene became very inviting, you know, and lo and behold, you know, I was accepted and, and went running in that direction pretty fast, pretty hard. You know, I remember going to college, you know, a broken young man, you know, but I, I hadn't gotten into too much, you know, the drugs and alcohol, you know, but coming home from college, I was, you know, a full-blown pothead and, and had tried various other things, you know, and, you know, I ended up getting kicked out of college because I was stealing, you know, to support habits and just because I stole everything I could get my hands on, you know, you know, I, from a young age, you know, if I could touch it, I was stealing it, you know, and it got to the point where I would, you know, it became more like a game, you know, I'd walk into stores and steal stuff off the cash or just counter, you know, I couldn't walk into stores without stealing things, you know, I, and it got to the point where the only way that I could not steal something is if I didn't take my hands out of my pocket, you know, and, uh, you know, there's all these different coping mechanisms that I, I used as a low self-esteem, insecurity, growing up poor. I made excuses, you know, for everything. I had an excuse for everything. I justified everything that I did. You know, there was no waiting. You know, I was a master manipulator. You know, I did not know how to um, take no for an answer. You know, and, you know, I was a very emotional wreck as a, a young man growing up. And I quit just about everything I've ever tried to start, you know. So perseverance is something that I didn't, I didn't have. It's something that the Lord had to teach me. And, you know, I, I fought him pretty resiliently. And thank you, Jesus, I lost, you know. That, you know, one of my little things that I, I say is I'm so grateful that my feet obey Jesus better than my brain. You know, I think it's because they're planted on the rock and, and my head's in the clouds, you know, that I have all these things that I think about and, you know, I've thought about quitting, becoming the ministry leader, I've thought about quitting the Redeemer, I've thought about going back to school, I've thought about going to find a different church, I, you know, and there's a million different things through the years of, you know, the reasons why, you know, I should quit, I should run away, I shouldn't have to do this anymore, why is this not happening, why isn't it going my way? You know, and the enemy is quick to jump on the bandwagon and whisper in my ear, 
and, and you know, pad my ego and, and tell me how right I am all the time. But the truth of the matter is, is that every time that I would go to run or, or go to leave or go to send a text or make a phone call, I'd always hear the Holy Spirit say, do you trust me? You know, and many of you have heard the story and everything on the outside and the inside of me is not trusting Jesus in that moment. But I, I'm grateful that my spirit was able to press through those moments and say, yes, I, I trust you, Lord. And he'd always tell me to sit still. And through the years, I have not received that very well. You know, that I would throw temper tantrums and I would get angry and I would scream and I would yell. And, you know, I would have these arguments with the Lord. And it got to the point where I was so frustrated with him telling me to sit still, I would yell back to him, say something else. You know, all you do is tell me to sit still. You don't ever give me any real direction. You know, and it's just sit still. Just trust me. Sit still. And I would get so angry because I'm not getting what I want. You know, and I want what I want when I want it. And I've been a good boy, and I've behaved, and I follow Jesus, and I read my Bible, and I pray, and I'm, I'm not getting into trouble, and I'm not having sex, and I'm not using drugs, and I have a list of stuff of all the stuff that Tom's doing or not doing. But when it comes down to Jesus' will, he says, sit still, and I don't want to do that. You know, and through the years, you know, I've had to make choices. Do I, do I do what Tom wants to do, or do I do what the Lord's asking me to do? And it always flashes me back. It's so funny. It flashes me back to the beginning of my faith in AA. When I was an atheist, and I came to believe that there was a power greater than myself because I got so frustrated with realizing that there was nothing I could do to change my anger and there was nothing that I could do to take my shame away. And someone confronted me as, all you do is complain about everything. Why don't you pray about it? And from that moment forward, I'd always hear this little voice every time I go to complain, well, why don't you pray about it? And as an atheist, that, that made me pretty angry, I'll be honest. And, um, you know, one night I finally surrendered to that and, in my arrogance, I didn't say God or make it into like a little prayer. It was more like a command, take my anger and help me to forgive myself. You know, and weeks had passed and nothing had happened. As many of us have prayed and nothing has happened. But one night I went to bed one way and I woke up a different way. And I said, you know, to myself, there's something to this prayer stuff. And it was not long after that that I, I got on my knees and I, I was asking God into my life, you know, not realizing what was about to take place and the journey that I was about to go on. But I remember coming into meetings and you hear all this God stuff, you know, and, you know, step 11 is that we pray for God's will. You know, like, what's God's will? How do you find God's will? What is God's will? And what was told to me is that you have a better chance of finding God's will doing the opposite of what you want to do. Because every time that you do what you want to do, it's your self-will run riot. I want what I want when I want it. So you flash forward years, years had passed. And the Holy Spirit continues to use that very statement that I learned as a very early believer, even pre-Jesus. How do you get to God's will is do the opposite of what you want. You have a better chance of finding God doing the opposite of what you want to do than continuing to do what you want to do. You know, and the insanity, you know, that I keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. 
But if I want a different result, I need to do something different. You know, and I just still want what I want. And I can use Christianity, and I can use my Bible, and I can use some verses, and I can use my, my moral behavior to, to justify why I should get what I want. And the truth of the matter is, is that when Jesus comes in and he tells you, sit still or no, do we persevere? Do we continue to press in? Do we continue to go down the path of his will? Or do we run away? You know, all of my life pre-Jesus, anytime I didn't get what I want, I ran away. You know, and in my best efforts to not be controlled by society or by any man or by anything, I found myself wearing orange jumpsuits, being controlled with every single behavior that I had. So, you know, there's a there's power in coming under authority. There's power, you know, going with the flow. You know, there's power with being a productive member of society. You know, when I, I never thought that I would be one of those. I, I always thought that I was this rebel and I'm going to break the law forever and I'm going to smoke weed till I die, you know. And the truth of the matter is I have no desire to do those things anymore because of what Jesus has been doing in my life and in many of your lives that we've changed from the people that we once were to the men and women that are sitting here now. But it's taken perseverance. You know, early recovery... You know, all you can do is sit still, you know, grab onto the chair, sit on your hands, you know, do whatever you got to do to get through those early, you know, weeks, months, years sometimes. You know, we have to learn how to persevere, you know, when we're trying to overcome sin. You know, there's times that the Lord comes in and, and suddenly's happen and, you know, there's change that happens in a moment. But I have found in my own life, that there is far more things that he works in my life out through discipline and time and patience and trust and his word than there is the moments where you get the suddenlies and the Holy Ghost shows up and everything's changed from that moment forward. But, you know, I want instant gratification. I, I just want to pray one prayer and poof, everything's different because I want to be in control. I don't like doing things Jesus' way because he makes me you know, grind for it. Sometimes we just have to go through the grind, the, the threshing floor, you know, that there's times that we have to go through it, you know, and I don't want to go through it. I want the end result. I don't want the process, you know, but through the process builds character. Through the process, we learn to persevere. You know, we, we learn not to quit. We learn not to run. We learn not to give up. We learn to hang in there. We learn to be still. We learn to trust in Jesus. We learn to have faith that there's greater things coming. There's so much that happens when we persevere in the moment. You know, that I've learned that, you know, through, you know, going to meetings through AA, that my feelings aren't facts. And so often I've lived a life run by my emotion, run by my feelings. You know, my feelings tell me this or my feelings tell me that. And when I'm listening to my feelings, I can justify every single action that I, I come up with. But going back to basic things, you know, do the opposite of what you want to do and you find God's will. You know, if I resist my emotion, if I, I sit still in the moment when I want to run, all of a sudden this too shall pass, all these great slogans that we love so much. And the next thing you know, we pop out on the other side and we realize that the storm that I was just in, the emotional chaos that I was just in, does go away. 
Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it may take longer. It depends on what you're going through. I'm not trying to minimize what you guys are going through or what I've been through. You know, you know, I've I've gone through breakups and, and been in miserable places for months, even years. You know, very depressed, basically catatonic. The only way you could get me out of my house is that I was going to my mom's house to lay on her couch, or I was going to a meeting. And it got to the point that I was so bad that I would walk to the meetings in New Hartford, which is about three hours if you walk it, because I knew that if I just got in the car with somebody and drove out there, I'd, I'd be in the car for five, ten minutes, and I'd go to a meeting, and I'd be in the car for five or ten minutes, and I'd be right back doing the same thing I was doing. And I had to force myself out of my house. So this way, if I walked up there, went to a meeting, and walked home, at least I was out of my house because I was in such a deep, dark depression that I, I couldn't do anything. And I had to learn to persevere out of that dark place because it just wasn't lifting. You know, and no matter what I wanted to do, it was not what I wanted to do. And I had to learn to do some things that I didn't want to do if I wanted things to change. I remember sitting in front of my apartment, you know, trying to find gratitude. And just in so much misery and so much pity you know, and forcing myself, I have a house, I have food to eat, I'm alive, wish I was dead, but I'm alive, you know, and it, like sometimes we have to persevere out of these mindsets and these places that we're in, because if we don't change our actions, our thinkings don't change, you know, and sometimes we have to do some of these basic baby steps to get the ball rolling so that we build up some momentum so that we can begin to change some things that we want to change, but we don't know how. You know, something that I learned a long time ago is that we all want to change. We hate being told we have to change. And the truth of the matter is, is we don't know how to change. You know, but it's perseverance that builds this character. You know, last year, you know, Jesus gave me a, a new little piece of revelation in one of the verses that we love so much. You know, in Romans 5.3, it says, Rejoice in your, you know, suffering, because I'm strengthening your character and I'm teaching you to persevere, for your hope is your salvation through the Holy Spirit. And normally when you're going through a hard time, you know, somebody will send you one of these verses, Rejoice in your suffering, and you're like, I'm going to choke you the next time I see you. You know, count it all joy when you go through hard times, you know. Your faith is being tested to show perfect. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill you. You know, <clears throat> we hate hearing that we have to go through it. We hate hearing that sometimes there's suffering involved with life. But that's just reality. But as I was kind of praying and, and walking last year, you know, he was showing me that when I go through a trial, either I run from it into a sin or an idol to a coping mechanism, you know, something that takes away the edge, you know, maybe it's cupcakes, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, maybe it's TV, Netflix, you know, that we get lost in seasons, and, you know, sometimes it's the gym, sometimes it's food, sometimes it's drugs and alcohol, sometimes it's pornography, sometimes it's sex, sometimes it's a relationship, we use many different things as band-aids, you know, and when we're going through hard times, it's so much easier to run to one of these things that takes the edge off, and then I don't have to think about what I'm really going through. But if we go through it, in this suffering, this emotional suffering, sometimes physical suffering, it depends on what we're 
we're going through, that we have to, to trust and press into Jesus or we're pressing into something else. You know, and if we press into Jesus in this time of trial, in this time of, of suffering, in this time of, of, you know, hardship, that we grow in our relationship with Jesus and we, we begin to communicate with him and then we begin to hear from him that our character is strengthened because normally I would cut and run. You know, I give up really easily. You know, and through that, he's teaching me to persevere because I don't know how to do that apart from Jesus. I don't know how to, to stand my ground. I don't know how to sit still and, and know that he is God. I don't know how to live life on Tom's terms when things don't go Tom's way. But when I, I press into Jesus and I, I learn to live life on life's terms or live life on Jesus' terms, you know, and trust in the sovereignty of God that I may not understand what I'm going through, but there's a reason, you know, and I may not learn that reason for months, years to come, but, you know, as I, I let Jesus take me through things, I've learned that there's all this wisdom and knowledge that comes through going through rather than running away. You know, and as we, we press into Jesus and our character is being strengthened and we learn to persevere instead of quit and run, that we get this deeper, more intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. And then we pop out the other side of the suffering more like Jesus. Because he did not quit when he saw suffering ahead of him. Now, he did pray, you know, Father, if there's a different way that we can do this, let's try that. But your will be done. You know, and I've learned that my will creates destruction. You know, I am a firm believer that I destroy everything I touch if I do it my way. And as long as I continue to press into Jesus and, and do it Jesus' way, he continues to, to build things in spite of me. You know, I've learned to wait and I've learned to persevere. I've learned to pray. You know, that praying through things is learning how to persevere through things. You know, many of you, you know, love it when I ask you if you've prayed about it, you know, but I've learned that that is really the best advice that I could ever give anybody is that you need to talk to Jesus before you talk to me because I'm limited in my understanding, but he knows everything, you know, and it's what he's done in my life of learning how to persevere through things. And it's, it's only prayer that gets us on the other side of whatever it is that we're going through because I can't do it in my own strength. You know, in the Purpose Driven Life book, it, it talks about our self-will, in a sense, you know, that our sin nature, and that so often we're heading in the wrong direction, and we're in sin, and, you know, we try to repent, and we do, you know, we go through the motions of it, and we, we turn that, that thing around, and we start going in the way of the Lord, and we're doing the best that we can in our own strength, we're white-knuckling it, per se, you know, and eventually... We get tired of doing the right thing because there hasn't been, you know, a reprogramming of our autopilot, which is our autopilot is our sin nature. And if we haven't really been renewed in our mind or born again, it's just a matter of time before we let go of that, that autopilot, you know, that steering wheel because we're, you know, forcing ourselves to go the opposite way as our autopilot. And we end up right back into our sin and sometimes worse than we were before. Because we, we didn't learn how to pray through things 
and ask for Jesus's, you know, answers. And a lot of times the things that we're doing are good. You know, staying sober, good. Staying out of relationships, good. Especially unless you're, you know, especially if you're getting into immoral relationships. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, something happens, a trial happens, and we get frustrated, and we like, we let go of the steering wheel, and then we're right back where we were, sometimes worse, because we don't know how to persevere in our own strength. You know, that our willpower fails us. You know, many of us have tried to be on diets. You know, it fails us pretty quickly. You know, because we have a hard time trusting in the Lord and persevering through things. When it doesn't make sense to us, we find reason why, you know, we can do what we want to do. You know, but as we pray for the renewing in our mind and the healing in our hearts and and we truly are praying about the things that we're changing in our lives, that he's teaching us how to, to navigate life, that we don't fall into the plots and the plans and the schemes of the enemy. We don't fall into temptation the way we used to. We we recognize these these snares that the enemy sets before us, that we are able to resist the enemy and submit to God, and, and the enemy begins to flee because we're renewing our mind and we're turning things over back to the obedience of Christ, back to the Word of God. We're learning how to press through situations in life because we're we're growing in our relationship with the Lord. We're growing in our understanding of the Word. And we're persevering through hardships. We're persevering through life on life's terms. We're persevering through the storm. You know, when so often we just want to say, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, can I take the blue pill? You know, can I go back to when, you know, I would sin and not be convicted of it? You know, can I just go back and not accept Jesus because then I could sin freely again? Because truly following Jesus is not easy. And so, you know, the world thinks that Jesus is our crutch. Like, here, come try this for a minute. You know, truly denying myself and following Jesus is not easy. Apart from a deeper, intimate relationship with Jesus, we will fail him miserably and every day. You know, that we are sinners. You know, I have a sin nature that it wants to go and impose. It is the enemy of God and God's will, and I have to, to crucify that thing. It doesn't mean that it's easy. It, it means that I have to perse- persevere through hardships, persevere through temptation, persevere through, you know, times of confusion, times of doubt. You know, when, when things don't make sense and I lose my job and, you know, money goes, you know, out the window because of something happened and I get a ticket and, you know, a relationship, you know, goes haywire. Or, you know, there's all these things that happen in life that are out of our control. And if we can't hang on to Jesus, what do we do? Where do we turn? You know, it's easy to persevere when everything is going great. It's easy to praise the Lord when everything is going our way. But can we praise him in the midst of the storm? Can we, can we praise him and persevere when things are going absolutely the worst way possible. You know, when, when we lose people and, and, you know, things get crazy in our lives, because it's going to happen. You know, we never know when the next calamity or trial or hardship is going to come. You know, can we press into the Lord through those things and trust Him that we may not understand what's going on, but his love for us is pure and true because it's shown through what Christ has done on the cross. You know, and we, have, <clears throat> it's so important that when we get super anxious 
and we start overthinking and, and you know for me when I get anxious I get angry it's kind of hand in hand you know I, I guess it's my defense mechanism and you know I've learned through the, you know so either I can pray through it or I can eat through it it's my two options you know when I get you know anxious you know I start to overeat you know I, I've learned that recently in the last year as I've been really you know, working through my weight issues and why I, I keep going from 240 to 300 to 240 to 300, you know, and he's been showing me that that when I get in these binge modes, which I can gain a lot of weight pretty quickly, you know, when I get into this, there's usually a lot of anxiety going on, you know, and I don't want to deal with that, and I sit in front of the TV, and I overeat, stop doing, going to the gym, and I stop doing healthy things, and lo and behold, boom, you know, I gained 30, 40 pounds within a, a month or two, and, you know, I'm hating myself, and I don't like to deal with this, so then I eat more, and, you know, I, I turn to my coping mechanism and not Jesus. In the midst of praying, in the midst of reading, in the midst of going to church, in the midst of being a leader, I have this side compartment that I'm handling everything my way, and it usually goes very crazy, very fast, you know, and, you know, I'm learning that, I can catch it quicker and quicker. I don't have to go to complete destruction before I can, you know, begin to put on the brakes and repent and change and ask the Lord in and, and get back into my healthier behaviors and, and truly ask the Lord to help me to, to deny my flesh and, and change my heart and trust him with whatever I'm going through. But I don't want to persevere. I want to sit there in front of the TV and I want to eat everything and I want to, you know, eat sweets and Chinese food and get up in the middle of the night and eat peanut butter and jelly and go back to sleep. And it's like, why am I have, allowing all these negative, unhealthy behaviors back in? And it's usually because there's something going on in my mind that I don't want to deal with. I don't want to do it Jesus' way. I don't want to wait any longer. And because I have to wait, I'll just medicate. You know, and we're learning who we are in Christ. And sometimes the things that are revealed through the word of God, that it's my mirror, that he asks me, you know, that to, to be a, a doer of the word, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, that there's action to this life. You know, the AA taught me that I have to, to do something to receive something that I can't think my way into new behaviors. I have to behave my way into new thinking. And so often I, I just want to sit there and, and pretend like everything's going to be better tomorrow, you know. But meanwhile, I'm sitting in day, you know, daydreaming about my life and wishing that this was different and wishing that that was different. And because I, I don't want to persevere through whatever it is that I'm going through, I just want to pretend it's not real and slip into denial. But the truth of the matter is that until I turn that stuff over, it never changes. You know, it can be days, weeks, months, years even that we waste pretending like something isn't the way it really is. You know, and, and it, it's the start of us truly changing is when we come before the Lord and say, I'm tired of being this way. I'm tired of doing these things or sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, and it can be from alcohol to, you know, overeating and everything in between. You know, we, you know... <clears throat> Our heart is an idol maker. You know, it constantly wants to turn things that aren't Jesus. You know, and, and learning who we are. You know, having a sober mind. You know, 
Peter talks having a sober mind and doesn't really have anything to do with drugs and alcohol as it does having a clear view of who I am. You know, and for me, the steps have really helped me to, to grow in that way that when my emotions and, and anger and fears and anxieties are starting to, to, to lift, I'm able to step back from it and have emotionally healthy conversations with myself that I don't feed into it. You know, I, I'm able to process it quicker and quicker these days, you know, because I'm I'm talking to Jesus. It's not just me as I'm trying to figure out life and being led around by my emotions. And there's times that I still slip into this, but, you know, the, the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, talks about this emotional recovery, emotional healing, you know, and it's not just being away from a drug, a, you know, a drink, you know, fornication, pornography, overeating, gambling, fill in the blank of whatever our major sin is. It's not just abstinence from that, that I have so many days free from this. But the quality of my life is still horrible. You know, I, I never could understand how I was going to be happy, joyous, and free, that I was absolutely miserable without my coping mechanisms. That, And it's why I always ended up back in a relapse. And, and this last time around, I remember the Lord telling me that I'm not trying to get sober. I'm trying to be more like him. And it's like it clicked for the first time that all my attempts to be sober, once you're sober for a minute, you're like, I got, I understand it. I get it. I'm sober. Now what? You know, and the quality of life doesn't really change. And I'm still lying and stealing and cheating and, and sleeping around and, and doing everything that I was doing before I was drinking. I'm just not drinking now. So I lost my coping mechanism. So I'm even worse on the inside. But when I repent of who I am and the things that I do, and I turn to the Lord and say, I want you to change me. That there is a, you know, an element of being born again, that th certain things begin to change really fast. But at some point, work happens. You know, I have to change. I have to be disciplined. I have to, you know, to, to learn how to walk with Jesus. You know, and it takes time. And it, it takes time spent in our word. It, it takes getting along other Christians, you know, alongside other Christians that are heading in the same direction that I am because, you know, if I try to do this on my own, I fall short. I don't have that ability to, to take on the enemy by myself. And the Bible tells me that if I, I try that, I'll, I'll fall short. I'll fail. But two people can stand back to back and overcome the enemy. And three people interwoven like a cord can be strong and hard to defeat. You know, so sometimes perseverance is who you're hanging out with. You know, if everybody else is going the opposite direction of Jesus, it makes it real easy for me to slip in and fall short. But if I'm, I'm grouping myself around, you know, people that are pressing into Jesus, chasing after Jesus, staying sober, working on the areas of our flesh that continue to get out of control, it makes it easier to persevere in, in times of weakness because I know that the, the person that's standing to the left of me and to the right of me are going in the same direction as me. You know, that's why AA works and NA works and every other, you know, group like that works is because when you come to the meeting, everybody there is attempting to stay sober. And sometimes that's the primary goal. I just need to stay sober. I need to stay away from that first one. But at some point, when you get a little bit of time on your belt, it's not about staying sober anymore. It's about a better quality of life. It's about change. It's about healing. It's about really digging into the past and saying, you know what, I don't want to live there anymore. 
I want to go where Jesus is asking me to go. I want to live this life and be free. You know, what is real liberty? You know, what the Bible talks about liberty. You know, completely free from that old man nature. That I'm a, a new in Christ. And it's not just the poof I'm new. That I'm now convicted of sin. So I have defense against it. Where before, you know, my conscience was seared. So I just continued to do whatever I wanted to do. And wondering why everything's going crazy. You know, I'm learning to change. You know, and we pray for those suddenlies. But we have to learn to discipline ourselves. And press through and, and go through. And and take, you know, life, you know, as it comes sometimes. And sometimes we get dealt crazy hands. You know, that... You know, everything can be going well and, you know, something happens and everything's not going well. And, and it's like, it's nothing that you did. That's why, like, you know, that whole mindset that, you know, if I behave, then good things happen. If I, I misbehave, bad things happen. Everybody in here in a season where we were not doing so hot, God still blessed us. And in the seasons where we were doing really great, we didn't receive the blessing as fast as we thought we should. So then we gave up. You know, because it, it became about what I can get and what I want. And what we really should want is more Jesus. You know, and I believe that's the heart desire of each and every one of us. But it's persevering through some of these storms and hardships that we pop out the other side with more Jesus than we had prior to the hardship. Because we had to really pray. We had to press in. We had to get in our word. We had to get around other believers. We had to, to hang in there. We had to... To, to crawl and fight and, and, and not give up. And then we, we grow and we get stronger and we, we realize that sometimes these storms are for our benefit. Very similar as going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. It's that you get stronger when you have something that's opposing you, that's resisting you. That we learn to trust Jesus in these times and our faith is tested and, and, and really begins to be growing into this perfect faith. And I'm trusting Jesus more and more and more. I trusted Jesus way, way more today than I did a few years ago. And I trusted him when I first started this process. You know, everybody in here should be trusting Jesus far more than they used to. Why? Because you see how his hands keep moving in your life and, and taking you through crazy things and you pop out the other side and things didn't go as bad as we think they're going to be going and we have the conspiracy theories and we have the woes as needs and and the next thing you know we realize that god is faithful through it all he's always right there his love is is always right there his grace is sufficient and his mercy is new every day that he gets us through these hardships when we feel like we're going to die sometimes we feel like everything's going to explode we feel like everything's going to collapse and we just want to rot, run away and hide and we don't want to deal with life anymore but the, the matter of fact is i'm so tired of starting over i'm so tired of, of letting the, the enemy beat me and defeat me and steal from me and i believe that each and every one of us feels the same way or we wouldn't be here doing what we're doing you know but everybody every one of us has something that's on our plate right now that the only way through is to go through the only way this thing is going to go away is to press through it. You know, we pray for the sudden. We pray for God to deliver us. We pray for this. We pray for that. We ask Jesus, come on, Jesus. You know, and, you know, and 
you know, we have our little, you know, prayer time. We, we, we fast, we pray, we read our word. We, we go through the motions of what we need to do to, to try to, to get him to bend his ear our way. But the truth of the matter is sometimes we just got to walk on through it. You know, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we, we fear no evil because he's with us. You know, and if there is a shadow, that means there is a light. You know, and he's with us through the dark times as well as the, the, the really amazing times. And what I've learned is that, that the amazing times are more amazing when you press through those hardships. You know, and none of us want to do it. I don't want to do it. I just wish that I could pray and everything would fall into the place according to Jesus' will, but it's really what I want. And there's a lot of things on my plate that I believe are what God is, is calling me to do and asking me to do and why they won't move and why they won't fall into place and why this and why that. And the answer is just trust me and wait. Are you, are you, you're like you're like God and all. Like You could come up with better answers than that. But sometimes that's the best answer because it works out the most in us in those seasons where we have to persevere that our character is really shifted into more Christ likeness that that we have to have the mind of Christ that we have to put on the armor we have to go to war and sometimes we're warring against ourselves and sometimes we're warring against life but you know if we're struggling we got to ask for help too you know it's reaching out to our brothers and sisters and saying i'm not doing so hot you know and and sometimes that's the thing that gets the enemy off our back because we, we bring somebody else into the fight that, that can help us to persevere because we're about to, to lose it. You know, and there's no shame in that. And so often the enemy beats on us. That our, you know, our ego gets in the way of, of walking with Jesus because we're trying to do it on our own strength. I should be able to do this by now. Where's that written? It says, boast in your weakness so Christ can be glorified. You know, it says call on your brothers for prayer. It says we're bare to each other's burdens. You know, we have to, to learn to help each other out in the times when everything's going crazy. That we're, we don't have to live this and do this alone. Now, obviously, Jesus is always with us, but, you know, our brothers and sisters are with us as well. So I just really encourage you, no matter what you're going through, you know, that he is with you. And if you're really going through it, I really encourage you to, to reach out, you know, talk to talk about it in small group afterwards or you know, reach out to, to me or, or somebody in the church, you know, somebody that you know that's going to give you biblical counseling, you know, you know, or bring it up in a meeting. You know, there's lots of great stuff that, you know, gets said in the meetings. But, you know, for me, the word of God is what's changing my life. And, and so that's the first place I turn and to the, the men and women that are going to give me the, the things that I need to hear, not really what I want to hear sometimes. And and it's, it's worked, you know, for many, many years. And, you know, we just keep on trucking. We keep on moving forward. We keep on, you know, advancing the kingdom to the best we can. And sometimes we got to preach the gospel to ourselves, you know, and and really say, you know what, you got to stand up. You're a soldier of God. You know, you're, you're in God's army. Let's do this. You know, it's tired of letting the enemy... You know, you know, beat us up and, and and take our our joy away from us and our peace away from us because he's constantly tricking us. It's time that we decide enough's enough. We draw the line in the sand and we say it's time to fight. We fight. You know, our weapons are spiritual and not carnal. You know, it's time to to fight through prayer. It's time to fight through the, using our sword, which is the word of God. 
It's time to, to lock arms with our brothers and sisters and saying, you know what? I'm not slipping anymore. I'm not giving up anymore. I'm not going back in this place anymore. I'm tired of this. You know, I'm ready to persevere through this. I want out. I want freedom. I want more Jesus. You know, and everybody has a struggle that they're going through right now that, you know, that supplies. So, you know, I just want you to know you're not alone. You know, the enemy tries to tell you that you're the only one that's going through this and no one wants to hear you whine about it anymore, which isn't true. Which isn't true. You know, we have to begin to recognize that the schemes and the plots and the plans of the enemy that he tricks us into being isolated. He tricks us into to trying to do this on our own. And, and you know, sometimes it, it's important that we get around people so that, you know, we just feel like we're not alone rather than believing that we're not alone. So I just encourage you, if you just bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, that we can't do this without you. You know, we've tried so many times and we fall short every time, but your word says that a righteous man or, or woman falls seven times, you know, that, that we're going to fall inevitably throughout our lifetimes. But, Lord, I pray that you teach us to walk and that we can run and chase after you, Lord, that we can become the men and women that you've called us to be, or that we don't have to continue to slip and fall in the areas that we're, we're slipping and falling, in, that we can learn to persevere and press through and pray through whatever it is we're going through. So, Lord, I just pray that you guide us, give us wisdom, give us discernment, help us to be patient and trust in your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.